Grace and peace and welcome to Cokesbury United Methodist Church here in Woodbridge, Virginia. My name is Taylor Mertens. I serve as the pastor here. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. This is Easter. Mm, doesn't get much better than this, friends. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Some of you have no doubt noticed, or perhaps you haven't, that we have not said the word hallelujah in a hymn or in a scripture or a sermon or in anything in this church since before Ash Wednesday. We save all of our hallelujahs for today. Mm, this is just the best. I'm delighted that you've decided to join us online for worship on this Easter Sunday. I want to share with you a few things. The first is that there is an online bulletin for our service. You can find the link for it in the video description. It will contain our scripture, our, our prayers, our hymn, all that kind of good, important information. Uh, with the number of vaccines being available in all our local community and the rate of test positivity going down, we are starting to look into the possibility of reopening for in-person worship, though we will continue to offer online worship. If you're part of our local community and you've been vaccinated or you're going to be vaccinated soon and you're interested in helping us prepare for in-person worship, please email the church office, cokesbearyumc at gmail.com so that we can start making plans to be together. It will be different. It will be small, but uh, we're starting to get closer to that possibility, which is very, very exciting. Also, we're continuing to offer all kinds of other ways to stay connected with our faith, like Facebook Live videos and email devotionals, and you can find uh, more about that information through our church website. We are at the end of a very long sermon series called the Jesus Prayer Book, in which every week we've looked at a psalm that shows up in the Gospels. Uh, it's because Jesus' prayer, prayer book was like his playlist of all his favorite songs that helped inform uh, who he was and, and what he did. And it's also how we understand who we are and whose we are today. Uh, we've been talking about music a lot during this series, so today I want to encourage you to do one thing. Uh, if you're watching online, you can pause this and do it right now if you want, and then come back, or you can save it for later. I encourage every person who is worshiping with us to, at some point today, get your stereo, your headphones, however you can, and I want you to play your favorite song. Just the song that no matter what you're doing, no matter what's going on in your life, it always just makes you feel good, and I want you to crank it up to 11. I mean, reasonable here. I don't want us to hurt our ears, but today, as N.T. Wright says, is the day that Christians should be popping our champagne bottles. This is ultimate celebration. And for me, there's kind of no better way than to celebrate with music. So at some point today, play your favorite song, crank it up, and just let loose. That's what Easter's all about. So with that, let's continue to worship the Lord who raised Jesus from the dead, who promises to raise us from the dead one day as well. Let's be silent for a moment in prayer and continue to worship. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful, wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let us pray. O Lord, our Father, through Jesus Christ, your Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit, give light to our eyes, we pray, that we may see your light, the bright shining light of resurrection. We also pray, Lord, that you would take away our sins and our shortcomings from all who celebrate this day in the right or even in the wrong spirit. 
Take away all the sins and shortcomings from all your people everywhere. Bless whatever efforts are made to bear witness to your name, your kingdom, and your will in our church as well as in other churches. Govern all honest efforts on the part of those who lead us. Strengthen teachers in their commitment to the high task of educating the coming generations. Give peace and wisdom to doctors and nurses in their faithful work of alleviating the pain of those entrusted to their care. Make up by your comfort our failure to provide so many for the last, the least, the lost, the little, and even the dead. Show compassion to all people in all places. Into your hands we commend ourselves and our needs. In you we hope, in you we trust. And with that, Lord, each of us will now lift up to you our own joys and concerns this day, whether silently or aloud. And as you taught us, Lord, so now we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the gospel according to St. Mark in the 16th chapter, verses 1 through 8. Hear now God's holy word. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? And when they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our hymn for this Easter Sunday is from the United Methodist Hymnal, number 318, Christ is Alive. So join me now over at the drums. As I play and sing, if you're unfamiliar with the words, you can find them in our online bulletin. But let's all sing together, Christ is alive, let Christians sing. Christ is alive, let Christians sing, his cross stands empty to the sky.
something a little terrible about preaching to an empty sanctuary on Easter Sunday. I'm here at the church. It's just me, the camera. This place is empty as a tomb. Over the years, I've written lots and lots of sermons, most of them alone in the corner of a coffee shop somewhere. But offering a sermon in an empty room, particularly on Easter Sunday, I never thought it possible. But I've been doing this for more than a year. And yet, Isn't this also the triumph of the resurrection? Jesus is not a prisoner in this sanctuary. We can't keep Jesus still anywhere. He is out, he is about, and he is on his way to Galilee with other things to do. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. He is risen, he is risen indeed, hallelujah. It happened on a Sunday. The gospel is rather reluctant to give us too many details about the whole thing. We don't read about the grief the women were no doubt, you know, undoubtedly feeling as they went to anoint Jesus' body. We don't learn of the disciples' next plans now that their master is dead and forsaken in a tomb. We don't really receive much of anything save for the fact that the women go to the tomb without knowing how they will roll away the stone. And yet, when they arrive, the stone is not where it's supposed to be. They peek their heads inside and they discover a young man dressed in white. He says, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus, but he ain't here. He was dead, but now he's resurrected. Look over there where they laid his body, but now go. Go and tell the disciples that he is going on ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. And this is how the story ends. The women run from the tomb as fast as they can, and they say nothing to anyone because they are afraid. Easter doesn't really get better than this for the church. Out of death, life, and fear. I think we all know something about fear this year, perhaps more than any other year. Many of us are still waiting for the chance to get a vaccine. Many of us haven't seen those whom we love in more than a year. And still yet, many of us know someone or a friend or a family who has suffered tremendously or even died because of the coronavirus. However, the God of Scripture is the God who brings life out of death. Now, that's the heart of the Christian proclamation, and for some reason, it's Not often what we hear in church, particularly on Easter. Instead, we're more likely to hear about how Easter teaches us how the world needs a little more love, or Easter is the symbol of the necessity of transformation, or Easter is about the enduring symbols of truth. Notice, in each of those Easter claims, they're entirely about us, how we respond, what we do next. And if that's all Easter is, then we should leave it behind. But thankfully... The New Testament says something very different. It says, he is not here, he 
is risen. God is the one doing the things that get done. The disciples, even the women, they do nothing to contribute to the resurrection. They are merely witnesses, and when they do respond, they run away in fear. And perhaps fear is the proper way to respond to the proclamation of the resurrection because it was and always will be entirely unexpected. The women go to the tomb in the morning for the same reason that many of us go to cemeteries. We want to connect somehow to those who are no longer among the living. We want to seek closure or we want to pay our respects. But nobody now or then goes to a cemetery expecting someone to raise from the dead. All of the other Easter stuff, the connections to spring and daffodils and butterflies emerging from cocoons, the eggs, the candy, they're all good and fine, but they don't have squat to do with the resurrection of the dead. Meanwhile, hearing about the need to love one another or finding ultimate truth, that doesn't send a group of people running from the tomb with fear. It doesn't set the faithless disciples on a course to reshape the entire world. It doesn't result in a faith that is still turning the world upside down. Let me put it plainly. What happened on Easter was so unexpected, so earth-shattering, that it ignited a tiny band of mediocre fishermen and other marginalized people, all of whom were discredited because they followed a man who had been publicly executed by the highest authorities of church and state. Now, maybe, maybe it was enough to simply hear Jesus' teachings, or, or maybe it was enough to, hear some of the mirac- or to eat some of the miraculous loaves and fishes that set them all on fire, but I kind of doubt it. You know, it's not good news to work so hard for things to change, to love your enemies, to pray for those who persecute you, unless the one who shared those things with you was, in fact, God in the flesh who died and lived again. The resurrection is what makes everything in the life of faith intelligible. The earliest disciples, those who were hiding away in the upper room after the crucifixion, those who were walking to the tomb that first Easter morning, they had not a hope in the world. Their entire worldview was nailed to a cross. But then on Easter, he came back. No wonder they were afraid. And today, Easter, it's, it's the high point, it's the pinnacle of the Christian year, and yet it is always a challenge. It's a challenge because it was so unexpected, and there are no good human analogies from human experience that can adequately convey the resurrection of the dead. Easter, to put it another way, it cannot be explained. But that is the heart of Easter. It is unprecedented, it is unlooked for, and it is unimaginable. And some of us, no doubt, have seen or experienced what we might call miracles. We perhaps know someone who's kicked a lifelong bad habit or perhaps we're aware of an unexplainable change in a medical diagnosis or something happened that for us it merely cannot be a coincidence. But none of us, not a one of us, has experienced someone dead in the grave for three days resurrected, let alone God in the flesh. But someone did. All of our faith, this thing we call church, it's predicated on a handful of people from long ago who saw and experienced something so unexpected that it radically re-narrated every single thing in existence. And all it took were three words. He is risen. I know 
that it cannot be proved. I know it isn't possible as we understand possibility, but I also know that this message, that he is risen, is the message that explains everything that happened after. He is risen. Because he is risen, we will rise. That is truly a piece of such good news that it would shake the foundations of the world from then until now. To hear the good news, the battle, it's over. Even though the ugly forces of sin and death insist on rearing in their heads, it's only because they haven't heard about the outcome. We live in the in-between, the already but the not yet. The old is past, and behold, it is all becoming new. The story of Easter, the thing that terrified those women, is the fact that the greatest enemy ever faced, sin and death themselves, are defeated in Jesus Christ. Ultimately, sin and death have no power over us. No matter what we encounter in this life here and now, there is one thing that will always hold true, the unexpected victory of Jesus. Easter, then, is and isn't about us. It's not about us trying to get our lives together, even though we probably should. It isn't about making a commitment to making the world a better place, even though it wouldn't hurt. Easter is about what God does for us. You know, in just about every other part of our lives, there are these expectations, and yet Jesus is all about the unexpected. Jesus doesn't wait on the cross until we right all of our wrongs. He doesn't hide behind the stone in the tomb until there's enough do-goodery in the world for him to pop out. Instead, the proclamation of Easter, bewilderingly, is that we don't have to do anything. Because the everything we've always needed, it's already done. If Easter becomes anything less bizarre and unexpected than that, then faith is turned into standing on our tiptoes to see something that isn't going to happen. Because we can't make Easter happen. We can't raise Jesus or ourselves from the dead. It happens in spite of us entirely, which is what makes the good news so good. The promise of Easter for people like you and me is wild beyond all imagining. It is the gift of life in the midst of death. It is a way out simply by remaining in. It is everything for nothing, which is why we say, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. So I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Happy Easter. Let us pray. O God, who made this day to shine with glory of your Son's resurrection, stir up in your church that spirit of faith, that spirit of adoption, of mercy and grace, which is given to us in baptism, that we, being renewed both in body and mind, may worship you in sincerity and in truth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. On this Easter Sunday, God has gathered us together. God has proclaimed God's word. And now we respond to what God has said with the giving of ourselves, our, our time, our efforts, our prayers, our talents, but also with our tithes and our offerings. I encourage you to give with glad and generous hearts to God through the ministries of Cokesbury United Methodist Church. You may give online. The link for doing so is in the video description. 
You may give by sending a check through the mail to the church, or if you live locally, you can bring your offering by. We have a drop slot by our main office doors. But give. Give with glad and generous hearts that Cokesbury might continue to be a church that proclaims the good part of the good news. Another way that we like to respond to what God has done and said is by affirming our faith using the Apostles' Creed. So join me now as we affirm our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now I will offer this blessing and benediction. May the God of grace and glory, the God of the beginning and the end, the God of life and of death and of resurrection help you to see and know and believe that Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. And his resurrection means our resurrection. And that's good news. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Hallelujah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hope you have a wonderful, happy Easter. See you next week to hear more about who we are and whose we are from God Almighty in this, the light of the resurrection and in the life of Easter. Go in peace. Be well. Amen, amen, and amen. I serve a risen Savior, He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever foes may say. I see His hands of mercy, I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives, He lives within my heart. In all the world around me, I see His loving care. And though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that He is leading through all the stormy blast. The day of His appearing will come at last. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives, He lives within my arms. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King, the hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. If you ask me how I know He lives, He lives within my heart.